when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills, both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed, whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hey there, it's Kirsten. Do you have a quick second? I just wanted to give a big thank you to all my listeners who tune in to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for all your support. You're listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast, a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact in their teacher businesses. I'm Kirsten a teacher business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. 
Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Teacher Podcast. This episode is something very different. I've never done something like this before, but I always love these type of episodes on other podcasts, so I'm going to do my spin on it and see how it turns out. We are winding down 2022, and I wanted to share with you 10 of my favorite clips from this year. I've had my podcast and I launched it since August 2021 and steadily it's been growing and I'm so happy that, you know, people are tuning in and I'm kind of like surprised people are actually listening each week. That's like really cool to see and hear all of those um, people that love this podcast. So that is my why for continuing it. I wanted to share with you some of my favorite clips from the year. Um, I've had a variety of speakers. I've had a variety of topics and I just wanted to kind of highlight them all. I think that there's something really unique about having a podcast and how each individual has their own unique spin on certain things. Everybody's podcast is not the same. Mine is no exception. So I kind of wanted to celebrate the end of another year on this podcast with some of my favorites. So I'm going to go through each one and give you those nuggets and I hope you enjoy. We're going to work backwards as you do when you count down for the new year. And we're going to start with number 10. Number 10 shares with you my favorite project management tool. Oh, I should say one of my favorite project management tools. And I always hear a lot of questions or see a lot of questions in the Facebook groups about, you know, what's your favorite project management tool? So I wanted to share a little bit about mine from episode number 25, my favorite teacherpreneur tools. Tool number one is Asana. This is a project management tool. It's very similar to Airtable, but I have personally more experience with Asana, so I can give you highlights of how it works. You can create a variety of tasks and you can segment those tasks based on certain categories. For instance, my categories that I have are content creation, design services, social media, product creation, course launch, and email marketing. Within those projects, which are color-coded, of course, I have certain tasks that I add on, and I always like to bucket them in different sections. So if I have my content creation, I have different sections on my content creation board. You can organize it in different ways. You can do it in a list-type way, a board similar to Trello, Timeline, but what I have is my four different platforms when I go to content creation, like my podcast or blogs. And in those little sections, I list out specific tasks that I need to complete in those sections. And it's really easy to create a task, duplicate that task for similar future tasks. And also in those major tasks, you can list in subtasks and add links to your Google Drive, all kinds of stuff. It has been really helpful for me to have everything out 
in a calendar style. So I, even though have different sections and buckets, I can see that it's color coded. So I can see like, for instance, today, as I'm recording this episode, there are two tasks that are email marketing that I need to do. And there are two tasks that are content creation because they're color coded in that way. It is really cool to play around with. I don't even have the full capacity of it because I'm just using a free version. I just use it in the way that works for me. I also think it's cool that if you download the app and set your email notifications on for Asana, it'll give you daily reminders of the tasks that you have to complete. So that's always helpful for me. And I love ticking the box. There's a cute little unicorn anytime you check the box if you complete a task. You can add deadlines, you can add any type of notes, and if you have a team, you can add collaborators or people onto your teams or projects and you can assign them specific roles. So it's a really cool project management tool. I highly recommend you take a look into it. Okay, moving on to number nine, I shared with you earlier in August about something that is trending that I really like. I used to be a fan of portrait previews, but in this clip, I share with you a little bit about a different way I've been trying out my new preview templates. Trend number three would be landscape previews. So there are three ways you can orient your previews. So there's the portrait, how most of your printable resources are, but that would be, you know, the typical eight and a half by 11 inches. This can be helpful if you want to add a sample in your preview. And I started out just doing portrait previews in the times that I did have a preview because at the beginning, I did not have a preview at all. It was not very good. Square is my second favorite, and this is really great because you can be efficient if you want to have your cover and thumbnails in one slideshow. So it's just kind of like an extended version of what you already have with your covers and thumbnails. Your first slide could be your cover, and then in the next six or seven slides, you have a variety of different things you add to each slide, and then three of those become your thumbnails. So that's really efficient if you're just kind of like not knowing to do what to do with your previews. And my favorite, my new favorite is landscape, 16 by nine proportion dimensions. This is something that was suggested um, by a couple of colleagues I've heard around about this. This is a really great way for potential buyers to see everything on one page without having to scroll and see on desktop and on mobile. Previously, with the other two preview orientations, portrait and square, you're going to have some words cut off and some pictures cut off, and usually you'll have to scroll to see it. This is a little bit different on the TPT app. It's like hit or miss, but I noticed that the square previews do end up there. It's easy to see, but landscape is really easy to even more easier to see on both desktop and mobile. And this is just a way to keep attention. The less scrolling, the less distraction, the more opportunities to convert. You don't want to give potential customers a hard time as they're scrolling through the preview just to quickly see what they want to see. With the landscape orientation, it's really easy to see everything just in one go 
and it's a lot, you know, it's just, that's what you want to make it as easy as possible for people trying to see what's inside the resource. In number eight, I share with you an interesting statistic regarding brands that was very surprising. All right, I'm going to start out this episode with an interesting statistic that might surprise you a little bit. And that statistic is that 80% of consumers forget branded content after three days. So if people are stumbling on your TPT store or Instagram profile and it's not memorable, they could potentially forget about it within three days. That's amazing considering all of the brands I do love so much. And then that makes me think of all the brands that I just completely, you know, forgot about that I have been exposed to. It's an, it's crazy to think about. And this is because your target audience is not able to keep your brand top of mind. That's just what it comes down to of why you don't remember those brands. This is why core values are extremely important in a business. That was a really great episode as far as going into brand values. So if you ever want to re-listen to that, it's episode 39, Brand Values, Digging Deep in the Backbone of Your TPT Business. By the way, if you are kind of really interested in any of the clips or you're like, oh, I actually kind of want to listen to the full episode, you can always go into the show notes. And of course, I will link every single one there on the blog. All right, moving on to number seven. Number seven is one of my favorite brands, and it was from episode number 36, My Favorite Brands and What We Can Learn From Them. So let's listen to one of my favorite brands and something we can learn to apply to our own TPT store. The second brand that I really enjoy is someone called Mommy Labor Nurse. She is an actual nurse And she shares content on social media, specifically Instagram is where I first found her. But she also sells courses on um, natural birth, you know, C-sections, epidurals. Like she does a whole gauntlet of courses for soon-to-be moms, dealing with postnatal care, all of that kind of stuff. And I, um, this was one of the first courses online that I've ever bought. And I was wanting to try no meds. And so I took one of her courses and, you know, learned the information and I was able to go med free, which was a story for another time. But I came across her platform or brand on Instagram. I found that the, a lot of the information that she has was super informative. There are some topics that I had no idea about, like different tips on going through labor, postnatal care, prenatal care. Just pretty much anything a uh, future mom or a mom-to-be or, you know, anybody who's gone through having a kid would want to know. And the best part is, like, how she talks about it is always really fun. Something that's really memorable, I remember her doing this very recently, is, you know, I don't know if you know, but sometimes they always compare, you know, your 20 weeks and you are the size of a grapefruit or how, you know, this is completely inaccurate. But what she did was that was really cool is she took actual comparisons like 
fruits or veggies and put it on a plate. And she took a reel. She did a reel of each week. So it went from like a sunflower seed to a blueberry. And then it progresses for each week. And I thought that was pretty cool seeing the real life, you know, comparisons with how big the baby is each week with the fruit or veggie. So that's just an example of what she does. She also does really funny reels of like what happens in the birthing room, some funny things that dads might say, some like, you know, random stuff. It's just really fun and makes it a little less daunting if you're a first time mom. Something that you could learn from mommy labor nurse is that brands can be informative and teach something about their audience. And you can do this in your own special way. You can do this through reels. You can do this through infographics. If you want most of your content on Instagram to be mostly informative, you can totally do that. Many people might just really enjoy or like learning information about a certain topic. Um, Maybe it's like you know, social studies or, you know, literacy strategies for sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, counseling, SEL. There's so many different ways you can be informative on your platform. You don't always have to do some type of, you know, fun little reel about what it is. If you're not comfortable with reels, you can always make it informative. So definitely don't stray from doing that as as a brand if that's what you want to be known for. If you listened in that clip, you could probably hear there was a little extra guest with me while I was recording the podcast episode. It's hard to believe that that little baby that was with me is now a year old. This next clip has to do with my first guest on the podcast, Kristen Doyle, and she gave some tips on how we can stand out in the search results for SEO. Of course, we know that a lot of things have changed with the TPT algorithm, but I feel like this clip really still stands true to this day. Here is number six. What are some ways teacher authors could use what they know about SEO or what they learn through their blog or website and use that to help their product listings on platforms such as TPT? Yeah. So I definitely think hands down, the best way to get more people buying your products is to get them at the top of the TPT search results. I have 100% seen that in my own business. Um, And to get them at the top of the search results, not for just one phrase or one keyword search, but for multiple ones that apply to that product. Um, When I did that in my own business is really when I saw my business, the passive side of my business just really take off. So my biggest tips there are Think like a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, think not about the product that you created, because we all, as we're creating a product, we kind of have an idea in mind of what it is and how it's going to be used, and we name it based on that. Um, but think like a teacher. Try to think outside of your own box. What other ways might a teacher search for this particular product? And make sure you're using those search phrases in your product title and in your description. Um, everything that I teach about SEO on Google searches really does still apply to TPT as well. All right. Number five is a little close to home because this is when I had my sister-in-law, Megan, come on the show and just talk about what teachers are really looking for in a resource in this 2022 year. I really loved her answer and I just wanted to reshare this 
awesome clip from episode 30, Creating Resources Teachers Really Need. As you are looking for resources, let's say you're going through, like you're searching for a particular type of resource, as you mentioned in those earlier um, answers, but what do you usually look at? Like what catches your eye when you're looking for resources on Teachers Pay Teachers? Uh, So I have three things that I look for. Um, the first is obviously like the thumbnail or the product picture. I'm not really sure what you guys call it on TPT, but, um, I can tell those sellers that have a better hand on technology, a better hand on editing. And, um, but just by the way it's presented. And typically when I see that, I'm like, okay, I know that this is going to be a clean resource. It's going to be formatted nicely. Hopefully, obviously, you have to look through things. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying judge a book by its cover because you have to look at the content. But when something is bold and well-presented, I'm more drawn to it. Um, a simple mm-hmm. title as well. Just simple title. That when I search it in the search bar, it comes up just as I've searched it. It's not like, uh, have you ever read those wish descriptions where it's like dog, vest, kitty, small, you know, like all these different things. Yeah, like uh, completely unrelated, just like bleh, yeah. thrown in there. Just trying to get you that anytime you search something, trying to catch something on it. Um, mm-hmm. And I can tell those ones. And then the second thing is a preview. I, I know that this has got to be incredibly hard for TPT sellers because they don't want people stealing their ideas or just being able to print off their work. And I know that a lot of work goes behind creating these resources for people. However, when I see even just a page where they've taken like the screenshots of each little piece of the resource and just put it small on that page and I can see it or just a well thought out preview of what I'm getting I need that because I trust that more than anything else there have been so many times where I've just seen I'm just hoping that it's the resource I'm looking for because I can only see one tiny small part of it and then it comes up and I've spent like a good amount of money on it and it's just that one page or it's just something I'm looking for yeah that oh I can't imagine and that's something I do like really love to like talk about with my audience is like, it's people are buying the resource not to copy it and like sell it on their own. They like, they need to see if it's for them, if it's going to help them solve a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Previews are important. And then the third and final thing I look for is just how easy I think it'll be to prep and use. Um, If I think it'll take hours and lots of planning, I'm not that teacher. Um, Many of Mm -hmm. us are becoming not that teacher. Yes. <laughs> for many very valid reasons yes. I feel like yes. all right number four was a more recent episode this was from episode 51 how a TPT storefront can make or break a sale I share with you some things that I was looking for when I was in the classroom when I came upon a storefront and what made me follow and what made me skirt right out of that web browser and go to another place. All right. So I'm going to share with you a few things that me, you know, as I bought resources as a teacher, what I looked for and what probably a lot of other teachers are looking for as well. The first thing I'm looking for is if there is some type of name to face. And I know it's a little scary to have your face out there, (laughs) out for the world to see, such as in your logo, 
But sometimes having a name to face kind of gives some the brand a little bit more personality. And especially if it's a very friendly smile, it's, you know, it looks like it's updated to current times and it is fun. It's something I can identify with. And she or he seems like something, you know, somebody who would create really fun, great resources for my students. Another thing I'm looking at is the custom categories. Like what do they have to offer? I know there's usually generic categories such as grades and subject and price and all of that stuff. But sometimes having custom categories on the left-hand side of your storefront can kind of give me a really succinct view at what is being offered. For example, as a storefront, maybe there's lettering sets, student crafts, or a bunch of resources for certain holidays or seasonal resources. That can really stand out because I can see, oh, wow, there's a lot of really great resources. This friendly face has a lot of great resources. I'm going to make sure I follow. Number three had to do with recent changes in the TPT algorithm. So this was a bonus episode. I was not actually anticipating on recording it. It just kind of happened in the moment. And I shared a really big tip that I think could still be applicable, not just with the search algorithm, but really anything in your business. Um, On my Instagram stories last night, I was just also thinking about it. And I just kind of gave three things people can do as a TPT seller uh, if you choose to. One thing you can do is just just kind of stay the course, focus on what you can control. You know, there's only so much we can do with the search algorithm and typing in a bunch of keywords all day and getting mad at what's happening. For me, I'm, you know, in my third trimester, that's not the type of energy I want to spend. I want to spend more energy, you know, working towards my goals, not necessarily on TPT, but with, you know, building my list, um, blogging, giving content to teachers and TPT sellers, planning for bigger things, not even in TPT, but outside of TPT. I have different projects that I would love to work on and focus my energy on. So I definitely encourage you to do that if you're feeling overwhelmed with all the noise. All right, number two is a really great one that came from episode number 23, how to manage tough decisions in your teacher business without feeling overwhelmed. And this is something that I think we can all take into the new year as far as decision making. Um, I really loved this tip and that's why I'm adding it in in the top 10 list. Something I want you to know, if you can have anything from this episode that I want you to remember, I want you to know this, trust your gut. More times than not, your gut feeling is usually right. Think about if you're a teacher that you tell your students to go with their gut if they are stuck on a question and they're down to two answer choices. You always want to just go with your gut because usually that gut is right. Most of the time we don't trust ourselves, which could lead to us being indecisive and it makes it even harder to make a decision. We freeze up. But here's something to think about. With every decision you make, you're not going to know if it's a good or bad decision until later. 
But at the very moment you make that decision, it is always a good decision. You made that decision. Time will tell if it's a good or a bad decision. But the fact that you made that decision is right at the time for you. I love that reminder of just being able to trust your gut and just make a decision and you never know it could be the right decision or it may not be the right decision, but as long as you make a decision, that's what matters. All right, we are now at number one and number one was with an interview I had recently, very, very recently. After the interview, I like kept thinking about this one part of the episode and I want to share it with you because I think it's so important to remember to think about and I was just like the whole time like I was in the car thinking about I was like oh my gosh this is so true this is such a good point it's always great to remember so I wanted to add this in at the top just because it stuck with me even after the interview with her so this is holistic marketing with Jenzea a very interesting fact that's been being said in more and more circles right now is that it's no longer seven to 10 touch points before someone buys from you, which is like a really common thing. I think even a year ago was saying someone needs seven to 10 touch points. They're now saying it's 40 to 50 micro touch points. And now the difference between a touch point and a micro touch point, a touch point is like reading a blog, listening to an entire podcast, like even having a DM conversation with someone. Those are big moments, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're looking more at micro touch points, like scrolling past somebody's reel and watching like three seconds of it, or even just like scrolling past and saying like, oh, I recognize those colors. That's so-and-so's branding, mm-hmm. right? But not even stopping, not liking, not commenting, nothing like those micro touch points, seeing someone's name pop up in your email box, not opening their email, right. <laughs> not anything, but reading their name and the subject line. Those are micro touch points. And it takes 40 to 50 of them for to take someone from never having heard of you before to a buyer. Mm-hmm. And of course, like the first few are going to be those micro touch points of like just seeing your name in the email box or in the inbox. And then as it progresses, you're likely going to move towards the the bigger touch points of they actually open the email and they read it. They right. actually open the email, they read it and they click and then they go and listen to the podcast. Right. So yeah. there is a progression, but we just have to remember that it's taking so much more for people to, to get to know us, to trust us and to feel confident in buying. And so holistically marketing, the biggest benefit there is because you're showing up in different places. I don't know why, but this part of the interview really made me think about, you know, If even if people are not reading my whole blog post or listening to everything, you know, every single episode I put out or even opening my emails, there's still those micro touches. There's still recognizing maybe my product covers on TPT or recognizing that I post a Reels video in my Instagram account on Mondays or just thinking about maybe having an email in the inbox, even if they don't click on it. All of those little micro touches can still make a difference when it comes to recognizing who you are as a business and as a brand. So I thought that had to make it to the top just as a really, really great reminder moving forward in 2023. 
Well, that is my top 10 list of my favorite clips from the podcast in 2022. And with that, we are closing out the end of the year. I hope that you can join me again in 2023 as we will have new special guests and new topics to discuss. I'm so happy that you've tuned in and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the year. Thanks for tuning in to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also find me on Instagram at the Southern Teach. I cannot wait for you to join me in the next episode for more tips and inspiration. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.